Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Today, we sit down with Tracy and Chris at uh, Hobie Surf Shop Warehouse in San Juan Capistrano. And we're here to find out the history and anything and everything about Hobie Surf. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right on. It's good stuff. So welcome. It's a tiny little sliver of history. You know, it's 65 years old now. So, yeah, just a little smidgen of history. (laughs) Two decades under your belt. Yo, eat it out quick. (laughs) So, all kidding aside, Mm -hmm. Hobie Alter is an icon, a pioneer, a man to be looked at as one of the founding fathers of surf. Yeah. Right? Um, Tell us, like, as much as you can about how he got started, how he got, how he got into surfing, how he got into shape, shaping, mm-hmm. the other accolades that he, you know, milestones that he's accomplished for Let's himself. Crack into it? Yeah. Crack, okay. I mean, um, a few decades ago. Sure, yeah. So I guess we should give recognition a little bit to all the stuff before Hobie and then the way the innovation of the Hawaiians and stuff like that. Oh, but um, yeah. yeah, I just want to say like that Hobie got a lot of influence traveling around to Hawaii and whatnot, but it really starts in... Uh, Laguna Beach, and that was off of uh, Oak Street, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. And um, so, I think it was something fairly popular back in the day, and my grandparents had it. Was that you had like a summer home, or like a beach summer home somewhere? So my parent, my grandparents went to Newport Beach, and Hobie's parents had one in Laguna Beach. So he grew up inland, but then during the summers, of a house down in Laguna Beach off of Oak Street. And the way he got on the boards, from what I've heard is that he ran into a gentleman by the name of Flippy Hoffman, yep. who was also... Hoffman Fabrics. Hoffman right? Fabrics, yeah. yeah. So he was riding either a Quig or a Simmons, which is definitely one of those like early guys who people got influenced for, especially with the materials coming out of like post-World War II. Well, most like, boards were both, both uh, anyways, like before... Yeah. Right. No fiberglass. Mm-hmm. Before fiberglass. No. Yeah, fiberglass and balsa really became utilized in surfboard building after World War II because they figured out with like building planes and stuff like that you can make things lighter with balsa instead yeah. of using redwood so for the for Hobie he was mostly riding either kook boxes which were the really really flat yeah. Tom Blake paddle boards and catching waves in front of his yeah. house they're like mini coffins right? yeah totally yeah. <laughs> don't want to get hit by one of those yeah no foils straight plane <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I think he saw Flippy out uh, surfing either Oak Street or Brook Street, and he was riding like a Simmons or um, some sort of Quig who was up in the Malibu or um, LA area. And that was the first time you saw like a really foiled balsa board with fiberglass. And Flippy let him ride the board, and they're basically just trading waves. And then Hobie came inspired and said, I'm going to start building it myself. He's always been a guy who, or a person who uses hands, and I think almost everybody back in the day. Like, I don't know how to build anything myself. At all, I think but that was people. just normal in that <laughs> yeah. generation. Is yeah. you know you didn't call a plumber, Hands you were the plumber. Yeah. You didn't call an yeah. electrician. You, you figured it yeah, out yourself. Yeah, why, yeah. man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of come, coming full circle. There's a ton sure. of youth and, and kids now that yeah. are you know interested in shapes and starting to shape their own boards. But mm-hmm. I mean, they all go back to you know the history and looking Four at fathers. Fathers. the forefathers. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. But I love that the visual of him. You know, he's mm-hmm. down. Yeah. He's down. He's in the water. It's in front of his house. And then instead of going and driving up, driving up to LA to buy the board, it's just I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it here. I'm gonna yeah. make it in my own backyard. It's fantastic. I'm gonna make my own. And because of where the house was positioned, he started making the board like right in his own front yard. Mm-hmm. And people driving up and down, you know, and going to surf, they drove by. They would see him out in the front. And then that yeah. was it. The order yeah. started to come in. Totally. Yeah, so he uh, started making it out of his dad's garage, and this was around 1950. Uh, so, you know, arranging in the, the blanks. In Laguna Beach. In Laguna yeah. Beach. He had a little garage there. Um, so he was getting a bunch of orders, and uh, I think he got up to about 100, and he was just making a mess in his dad's garage. I mean, resins are pretty, you know, not the best material to have yeah. in your residential area. And little wood uh, chips. <laughs> you can only mulch so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so basically his dad um, said en- enough was enough and helped him get a two-car garage, which was, is it $1,500? Yeah, $1,500 um, for the lot. In the little town of Dana Point, which had nothing there at the time. Um, it's now the surf taco on uh, Pacific Coast Highway in Dana yeah. Point. But it was just a two-car garage or a lot, and then he built um, the shop on top of that, and that opened wow. in 54. Wow. So 50 is when he really started making boards or taking orders. I'm sure he was making stuff prior to that or surfing other equipment. But then in 54, it just got to be enough and yeah open so shop. strictly boards was there like anything else they would you paddle know, boards too paddle boards? yeah um hobie was also throughout the the 50s and the 60s was an accomplished tandem and paddleboard um racer like awesome. he would definitely go out there even the hawaiians like george downing um there's several pictures of him doing the whole around diamond head kind of race on a, on a paddle board and, and winning competitions like that true water so he's true water yeah. for sure kind of like noel and all those guys back in the day you know, either being a lifeguard or a fisherman or... Yeah. 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 It's, it's funny, but, you know, you see all those guys with the long boards and, and trunks, and that's it. Yeah. Even in wintertime. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it was, yeah, I mean, pretty much go out and last as long as you can and hunker down around the fire on the beach. No and leashes. Then go, yeah. No leashes, yeah. Beaver tails, yeah. you had to swim. I mean, think yeah. of they how good of a swimmer. They didn't have back then, though. Yeah, yeah. Think of how good of, like, a swimmer you had to be oh, back then, man. too. Like, yeah. you couldn't, you, you know, not Those like guys now. Those like, I ripped. need to be okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you had to carry the board. Uh, the yeah. and that, that's how yeah. you got ripped. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We called them mountain men, but they were beach men, you know, yeah. like just rugged and, you know. Mm-hmm. So so we started Dana Point, 1954. 54 with the making, what they basically call balsa chips. So people were making those up in L.A. and around here, and they all had their, um, kind of like with every surf shop, they have their local niche or local wave or shaper kind of thing going yeah, on yeah. so he was making boards are definitely more so built for around here in south orange county whereas other people in la were making them more for point surf like malibu and stuff like that so the templates change but they call mm. them chips yeah yeah, yeah. that's interesting mm-hmm. i listened to don craig on a podcast chris morrow's podcast and mm-hmm. he was talking about how the industry board building kind of started in la and in the that yeah. South Bay Malibu. area, yeah, right. Like mm-hmm. so, it's 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 interesting. Right, you were saying that you know instead of them, him driving up to L.A. or Malibu to buy boards, he just yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm going to make my own. Right. Yeah. 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 And I hear stories like that from. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All over, like, you know, I had some surfer friends from, you know, up in Seattle in Washington, and they would come down and they would do the same thing. Like, the only t- place to get boards was Southern California. Mm-hmm. Right. But to go all the way back and forth. So we just started making our own up there, you know? And yeah. at that time, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of what you wanted to do unless you had the means to travel and the, and the money. But Yeah, totally. So then what happened next with, with the shops? Well, the shops, it definitely, you know, orders started to come in try to be more promoted but Hobie had a great team of people who would basically go on to develop the industry even more like folks like Reynolds Yader shaped with him and laminated oh, yeah. um, he came out of Hobie then he came Yeater? out of Hobie uh-huh. Yader came out of Hobie uh, guys like Joe Quigg after they came back like, when they were from Malibu or LA area they went to the islands and came back worked for Hobie during that time yeah. period uh, but probably the next Joey biggest, Cable uh, Joey Cabell yeah, yeah has also worked with us uh, and the most notable probably is Phil Edwards, who is yeah. still like considered to some one of the best surfers of all time. Yeah. Um, so all those guys started 
Mike Hinson, you know, everybody's just in working the in the same old shop. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that Hobie was really known for, and I've heard from customers coming in and out of our store, was his innovation in the way that he built boards. Um, a lot of times people like Velzi was up in the like Venice area who moved down here and opened his shop in San Clemente. Um, they would just basically do a lot of the roughing on the board by themselves, like with a draw knife and then a planer and finishing it that way. Um, Hobie came with this really cool jig that could be lowered from the ceiling. So they would, you know, have like the big square balsa 10-foot blanks. Yeah. And they would lower the, the jig down from the ceiling. And from there, they could rough out the blank with a router, which would get a lot of the work out of the way with the draw knife or using another instrument. Mm-hmm. So it was able to kind of really push along the production side of making yeah. balsa boards. He definitely yeah. came out with a lot of innovations and technology mm-hmm. that furthered not only surfing, but didn't he invent the catamaran? He did, yeah. And and polyurethane foam for the purpose oh, of wow. making surfboards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in 58, 59, um, balsa was getting the dwindle. It was either, balsa comes from Ecuador, and now people can get it other places like Australia now. But back in the 60s, it was mainly from Central America. How do you know so much? I told you, I was like, you're going to want to talk to Chris about all this. <laughs> yeah. And I, there's another really good documentary by the boardroom. Yep. It's called Board. It's like a bunch of guys went around and interviewed a lot of these, these dudes from the 50s to the 60s. Yeah. And Reynolds Sr. has like this conclusion that it was stuff even being used in air, like making airplanes. Yep. That's why Balsa was going away. Or that people like in Hollywood are making what he called, like, lack of a better term, like, break over your head furniture. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, the light, you know, cherries, yeah. you can throw it on somebody. Props. And just like, Props. Yeah. yeah. So balsa was going away to people who would pay a lot more money for it or back buying in bulk. So they were saying, like, how do we come up with something that, you know, is, is watertight and can still be shaped into a board and would use fiberglass and whatnot. Wow. Um, so they started, yeah, with, with refrigerator foam, which is like a styrene, which we use now yeah. for EPS. Yeah. And that stuff is just a pain in the butt. Yeah, to, flaky, brittle. Yeah, pop, yeah. Mm-hmm. and water would migrate in between the cells and stuff like that. Um, so he came up with polyurethane. They got samples of it from L.A. or something like that, and they started blowing it with Grubby Clark, who is one of his Clark yeah, foam making Clark foam. making yeah. fins, and he was a laminator as well. He was actually like a graduate chemist. Like he was just working. Grubby Clark was. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, in Hobie's factory, and then. Together, they, they basically stopped making surfboards between 58 and 59 to totally R&D foam. Wow. So they like wow. hit themselves in a little canyon spot in Laguna and just blew foam blanks until it worked. Until they figured out how yeah. to yeah. So they were just mm-hmm. good friends, but were they business partners in, in Clark? So it kind of worked out. This is how the story goes. I mean, yeah. Clark could even say it's even different. But first of all, the foam was really bad. So when you see certain Hobies from the late 50s and they're covered in pigments like blue and pink, they call them Easter egg boards because they're like really bright. The foam was almost yellow when they blew out. So that's why they, they painted them so much and not until like the early, like 61, 62, did foam get better. So you can see the nice white stuff you see yeah. today. But the whole their whole relationship was basically, Hobie always had a moving mind or always innovating different stuff. I so it, it was definitely, yeah. as you were moving on to the catamaran, he basically is like, hey, you can have the foam side of the business you just sell me a blanks on this for yes. a dollar less than mm-hmm. you sell the other person so yeah it's, it's interesting they look, the, yeah. it's interesting that you look to other industries for inspiration and mm-hmm. find new materials too mm-hmm. yeah. you know because you know wood mm-hmm. wood only goes so far yeah and it's heavy mm-hmm. for sure yeah i mean did did he go to like college or architecture school or where, where did definitely he definitely like, like a mechanical seen... mind you know, he's like a... Like architecture stuff from like a, a junior college or something in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where he went other than that, but he always had that kind of... Yeah. I think it's just people who are just those one in a million individuals that yeah. are really Yeah, because when you, when, you, when you think about the things that we're talking about and, and you put that down on paper, right? Mm-hmm. Like you think about, you design it, and then, you know, it's a, that's like Leonardo da Vinci. Mm-hmm. You know, like a catamaran. If you drew yeah. a catamaran, you're like, holy shit, like that's a... That's a piece of art right yeah. there. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And the best was he always wanted it to be something to have fun with. 
You yeah. know, it was a surfboard. It was a catamaran. Mm-hmm. It was a better skateboard. It was yeah. a better way to play golf. It was yeah, a better way to deeply, fly a plane. He was heavily yeah. like, into skateboarding, just, too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It was always Super just surfer. a better way to have more fun. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think of innovators now, it's kind of always something like, oh, well, how can I cut the production cost to make more money? You know, his was always... How can I make fun. this cool thing to make it more accessible to people so more people can have more fun? And that's where, you know, the catamaran was probably the biggest thing is mm-hmm. that it launched off the sand. Wow. So you didn't have yeah. to belong, you know. I mean, so Honest. for us now, it's so, yeah. you know, anyone can have a boat. But back then, you had to belong to a yacht club. You had to have a membership. Yeah, you had to have, yeah. yeah. And so it was kind of called um, the people's boat. And yeah. basically mm-hmm. it was because you could mm-hmm. launch it off of a beach. Yeah. Well, so you didn't have to have all that extra. And he kept it under, what was it? I think it was under $1,000. Yeah, that's what Phil so was, was yeah. saying. Like the, the retail price of a catamaran in the later 60s when they came out, the 14 and the 16 was nine ninety nine. Like wow. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. So it was for the everyman. Yeah, it, it was every man, every woman, you know, yeah, it was for yeah. everybody. It wasn't just yeah. for like somebody who was like, oh, it's just like, you know, rich people behind closed doors kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, nah, mm-hmm. it's for my buddies, anywhere. everybody. Yeah. Full entrepreneur. But most people would, you know, they'd have a team of R&D and researchers and stuff. Yeah. He was the he designer. Was he was his own. Yeah. He was the one that was really kind of like, mm-hmm. well, this is the idea. Make it. Go yeah. test it. You yeah. Know, go right. back. Refine yeah. it. Yeah, friends that helped him with like Mickey Munoz and and Phil Edwards helped him with developing that stuff. Wayne Schaefer is another guy who lives yeah. in Kappa Beach still. Like they all kind of are. Gosh, what a good network! Mind, That'd be yeah. so yeah. fun to hang out with like a group yeah. of like that. You know, yeah. just mm-hmm. friends. Yeah, it's 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 crazy how small our industry, you know, really was back then. It still seems small to me sometimes, but then, yeah. you know, it's so global now. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot more different you know board builders it's, it's exploded over the years but mm-hmm. to think that it came from a small circle in south bay and small circle in yeah south just, county you're just like yeah wow like it, it's that tree branch that just kept you know the roots just keep going mm-hmm. outward yeah yeah shops have come and gone and some you know with the history rich history have, have, have stuck it out and i mean i think you know like Lyndon said this this industry feels like it's exploded the last couple of decades, but the same people that have been working in the industry are still here, you know, yeah. the same. Yeah. You know, stuck to still be around. Yeah. Oh. You know, <laughs> like yeah. me and Lyndon, we met working at Surfing Sport, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of the, you know, friends and peers that we've had are now graduated on to other companies within the industry. Some are still there. And, yeah. you know, whether we go up and down the coast and meet with you guys or, or, or other surf shops up and down the coast, it's like mm-hmm. you see that rich heritage. And it's, yeah. this, it's this awesome yeah, culture. The the surf culture. It is, yeah. yeah. And surf shops play a vital role in keeping that dream alive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So he opens up the shop, creates the catamaran, mm-hmm. um, then did he open up in Hawaii? Yeah, so he had shops in in Maui and Lahaina and in Honolulu. Uh, I forget actually which one was. I think the Maui one was actually yeah. first, and then, but that was like in around '63. And then he had a basically came a, a person who really invaded our retail side in terms of merchandising and buying soft good products was Dick Metz, who really became the face of mm. his company. Like Hobie is always he's definitely a people person. But he was always more like a tinker innovator behind the scenes inventor. Um, Dick Mass was more the face of the company in that he set up the retail stores, did all the buying for the clothing, like did all the accounting and the marketing and the PR while Hobie was out and really doing a lot of the innovation part yeah. of that. And I think like his biggest contribution, which is something that we can't even imagine that a surf shop didn't have. The very first thing that Dick did was to make a Hobie t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, the cool yeah. Hobie diamond logo that you still see today, that your bre- your bread and butter, and your, 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 yeah, your flagship Yeah, yeah. Right. he logo. decided to put it on a t-shirt and literally he put the t-shirts mm-hmm. right in the front of the store because he figured it out kind of right away that, you know, tourists will come in and they'll look at the boards and they'll think like, oh, well, those are cool, but there's no practical application once I go home, once yeah. I leave the island and I'm I go get back home to Michigan. On a plane and but back that to T-shirt, right. I can what? take that T-shirt, I can yeah. bring that T-shirt home, and I can right. have a little bit of Hawaii with me. But I have this cool thing because yeah. I have this surfboard logo T-shirt. Yeah, because you got to go there to get yeah. that T-shirt. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. So and then he thought about this says I wax. this says yeah. I went to Hawaii. Yeah, 
dip yeah. my toe in the ocean. Yeah. And that's still yeah. relative and super important today with, with every every business. You and know? you can't even imagine yeah. us not having t-shirts right. that have your store logo. You know, you're yeah. like, God, I mean, now you're slapping that. it on water bottles and you know, koozies yeah. and pens. And I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. you want to so yeah, franchise Dick out. Metz, I mean, I'm not super familiar with Dick Metz, but I know he's an early pioneer. Yeah. Player. Did he start at Hobie? Yeah, he started at Hobie. And then he went to... Did he, did he well, he's always been kind of in, in retail. I know yeah. he's been, I mean, the stuff that we learn with, with Dick Metz now is that he's the he's one of the founders or co-founder of the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center in San yeah. Clemente. Awesome. Um, but he, he basically, he did a lot of surf retail. I think he did other stuff in, in regards to like property in Aspen. I think that was on ski lodges and stuff like that. He's always been in action sports. Yeah. Okay. But he really, after like when he, I guess the, company changed hands in the 80s or late 80s or mm-hmm. early 90s he's always been involved in Hobie surf shops whether it was there, is that when yeah so that Jake was when and, I mean if you take we have what four five stores in Orange County now mm-hmm. um, we he brought it up to by the mid 80s by 22 stores nationwide and that include the stores in Maui and Hawaii and the wait, ones there was 22 Hobie surf shop. There's yeah. even one in Texas. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dang. I know, right? I never knew that. Party. So he was, he was quite a, uh, yeah, quite he a He was a legend. Yeah. Let's just be like Entre- straight. That cool. is. Yeah, like, that's unheard he was, of. He was a legendary mm-hmm. world traveler. He was a partier, like just Hobie full or Dick? on Dick old is, school dick. He yeah. was like old school. He's he was still, still, he's 80. He's still yeah. a party. Yeah. Come up and rub elbows yeah. with you. See how you're doing, stuff like that. Yeah. He has the guy to be out to midnight, you know, just yeah. tearing it up. Sounds but like personal. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> Late night? Guy. Come on, yeah. bro. The yeah. greatest guy. And yeah. he's, yeah. I mean, he's one of those people who you could listen to his stories for days, mm-hmm. yeah. days, yeah. and not get bored of him. I mean, just traveling all over Africa, traveling all over just all over the globe, yeah, not yeah. only to surf, but just to yeah. travel, to explore, to look around, to so see things. Yeah, exploring. Really cool. And just, yeah. Traveling mm-hmm. is probably the best education you can get. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, thank, thank God Jay uh, was good enough to travel the world because he'd be really dumb right now. Oh, <laughs> bro. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Yeah, we can hang out. You know, yeah. We can like, really yeah. 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 That's what best friends are for. Yeah. 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 He, he likes um, to make himself feel better by <laughs> hanging out with him. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thank uh, God for surf shops because I, I tried to go to college and I couldn't do it. So. Yeah. Surfing, yeah. You go. Surfing was my college. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I married really well. <laughs> Super great idea. Uh, I suggest it to anyone out there. Yeah. 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 That always uh, helps. Who's the yeah. smart one now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what um, up? Yeah. Uh, um, so at one point in time, there was 25 Hobies. Yeah, I'm not, about in, that number, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. all Dick's doing. I mean, it's not really my my favorite thing, but... It's yeah. just cool to hear. Yeah, but his his way of like merchandising and stuff like that, like I'm the surfboard side, so I like to see yeah. surfboards in windows, but he was like one of the first person when you go to like a shop or a retail shop to put mannequins in windows, like surf oh. shops and have them with board mm-hmm. shorts and yeah. the t-shirts on, like taking the boards out of the windows, which yeah. was an iconic thing for if you... With the Bing or something like that in the South Bay or GNS down in San Diego, you always yeah. put your best boards in the window. Yeah, he was taking yeah. them down and selling the soft goods side. Well, that that was a, yeah. definitely a change of evolution of the surf shop being mm-hmm. you know hard goods driven to yeah. the introduction of you know clothing and right. accessories Quicksilver's coming around. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's good stuff. So, what other things should we talk about on the Hobie side? Like, um, I mean, is there any- there's a one cool story where Dick Metz basically laid the groundwork for the endless summer oh wow yeah so he based before he started the hobie shops he basically hitchhiked across the world started in tahiti went to africa all the way around cape of good hope and basically found cape st francis and dick that's found yeah mm-hmm. no yeah. way met that guy uh john what's the um, bruce brown i think yes so bruce brown well, he nice. met the guy you, uh, John Whitmore, you meet in the movie when they're going down there. Yeah. That was yeah. his contact. He stayed at oh my Boomer's house for a couple of months while he was like traveling the world. So he basically came back, and Bruce had this idea of having an endless summer. And then Dick's like, oh, this is all the people you need to go see. This is where all the places you need to hit. That's why they start in West Africa and Dakar and like move down. So they just followed Dick Metz's lead. Yeah. From mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dick so is, endless summer. 
You should do a podcast just on Dick Matz. He's on the checklist now. Yeah. 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 You well, gotta well, get the X rated version. Oh, you yeah. have to. <laughs> we'll tune him up with to. a few beers and we'll do it late night. Yeah. 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 We're, uh, we're uh, friends with uh, the August family. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And he's actually one of the guys we want to interview, you know, eventually get him on Robert? the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's in Costa Rica. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we'd love to have him on board, you know, and, and on Free the show. Road show. Like all that stuff. Traveling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can tell, like, the gnarliest stories, too. Like, yeah. you should bring a bunch of photos so you can put on your oh, podcast as well. Like, yeah. 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 That's cool. But there's some, yeah, you could do multiple podcasts about yeah. Tahiti and <laughs> all the weird yeah, Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. If we, if we can it. get him to commit, we'll Dick, we're yeah. coming after you, buddy. Yeah. So... <laughs> 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 Awesome. So then in the 80s, you said, is when? Yeah, so it was when, I mean, people were retiring and moving to Aspen. I mean, a lot of people did in industry. I think Greg Knoll moved up to, like, Crescent City up in Northern California or Oregon. So people were just more the the old-timers, but the guys who started the industry were starting to move out in a way. Yeah. So I think around the mid-80s or even the later 70s, you started to see, like, a change of hand and like, the faces and the owners of search shops and stuff yeah. like that. When did yeah. uh, Dick Metz exit? I think mid, mid-80s. Mid-80s? Yeah. And no, wouldn't quote me on that, but I think it was mid-80s, and then another company came in, took it over. Uh, fortunately, didn't work out, and I think that's what kind of caused the downsize to what it is today in Orange County. And yeah. then the company that we work with, with Mark Christie and Lincoln Beach Properties, took it over in the early 90s. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So mm-hmm. you guys are up to four or five stores now? Mm-hmm. And, and how many employees? We have 110. 110. Yeah, wow. we have 30 full-time employees and 80 part-time. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So let's get. And it's still, but before mm-hmm. we move on though, just you mm-hmm. know, so we can kind of give Mark Christie. So it is Hobie still is really a family business. Mark Christie's sister Lori Christie is actually Lori Alter. She's married to Jeff Alter, who's Hobie Alter's son. Mm-hmm. So it is technically still, it family. is kind of still all in the family. And then Jake Schwanner is, who's our general manager, is one of the other partners in the business. Yeah. So it is still like, even though it's kind of like went away from, you know, out from underneath Hobie, it's still back kind of with the family now. And yeah. There's definitely, definitely with the ownership of Mark Christie, it's just, you know, it's all about like keep innovating, keep true to Hobie, like keep that spirit alive. Yeah. And, you know, you know, just. So kind of aspire to what he was. Just be great. Always be innovating and always be about family. And mm-hmm. you know, totally. Going back to what you were, we were talking about earlier. It's like, you know, you've you've been here for eight years. Yes, right. I've been here for eight and years. You have the. I have the golden job. job. Yes, yeah. I have the golden. Chris and I can speak totally on the differences of working at Hobie. So I have probably one of the most ideal part-time jobs on planet <laughs> yeah. Earth. I do all the social media and I do all the events for the company and then I help out with the surf team. And then Chris is full time and he runs all of Hobie Surfboards. Mm-hmm. And um, my job is amazing. Jake and Mark have been really incredible with me and they've really bent this job around the time that I have. Um, my husband works really hard so we're kind of really busy in my personal life but they've really kind of made a commitment to me that you know like we think you can do it, we think you can handle this whole job and we think you can do it in two days a week and we're gonna believe in you. And all they've really asked of me is just get it done. Yeah. You know, we're not gonna lean over your shoulder. We're yeah. not gonna like that's forward thinking. You know? And it yeah. really is. It really is because that's kind of where it kind of needs to be. If you, I mean, you don't want to lose. I'm not a great well, person. I'm not saying that about myself, but they wouldn't want to lose a great employee because they can't be there on Wednesday. Yeah. You know, and so they're gonna be willing to really work around you, and they're really, really loyal. They're loyal, like, oh my gosh. Well, a lot like, of a lot of the creative directors or marketing, you know, directors, they need that freedom. They need to be yeah. on their own schedule. They need to be outside the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's awesome. Right. It worked out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've been doing it for eight years. Eight years, mm-hmm. yeah. And we all start start so wait, on the shop floor, though. Yeah. Just so you know, everybody nice. started on the shop floor. So, so Tracy, when did you floor. start surfing? Uh, I started, I actually grew up in the Finger Lakes of upstate New York. So a hotbed of surfing. (laughs) No, not at all. Uh, So I grew up in the middle of nowhere in upstate New York. And uh, I didn't start surfing until I was 30 years old. 
Dang. Yeah. Mm, I An would. adult learner. I An know. Yeah, learner. yeah. I had. That's the hot, the hot uh, word right now is adult learner. I'm yeah. an adult. Yeah, I'm an adult <laughs> learner. And That's so good. I had married my awesome husband, had my son Blue. I was 25 years old, and so I would bring Blue to the beach in San Clemente like every day, and I'd be at the pier and I'd watch all the people surf, and I would just be like, what am I doing? "They're so cool! Like they're so cool! Like oh, I just want to learn how to do that thing that they do." And I was a long distance swimmer and everything, and. So for Valentine's Day one year, I asked my husband to get me a surfboard. He's all great. She's going to start sneaking me. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously, totally. And he said he never saw me again after that. Like, that was That's it. Awesome. Then I just... So blue surfs, him. right? Yeah. So you got him started early? You know, he was actually a late adapter, too. It was really funny. Like, I would bring him to the beach to Sano all the time, because then I was super into surfing by the time he was, like, you know, 10 years old or whatever. And by the time you can leave him on the beach alone. And so I'd go out surfing, and... He would build these elaborate forts on the beach out of bamboo, and he'd read books underneath them. And we literally thought, like, this kid's never going to surf. He's just not going to be into it. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has to find their own path. And then out of nowhere, one day, he just decided he was going to be a good surfer, and now he's a great surfer. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And he's a photographer, too, right? Yeah, he's that's a water cool. photographer, and he's full-time and he works at college. The yeah, he works at Hobie, because, you know. It's in the family. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you don't have his mom, so I can make them hire him. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah. take my son. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to work here two days a week. My son's going to work two days a week. Everybody's, yeah, we'll be here full-time as a family. Yeah, we're going to share one job. Yeah, and he loves it, and he's, you know... How great is it? I mean, there there aren't a lot of industries like that where you can be like, my mom works there, I work there. It's yeah. a privilege. It really is. It's And it is because it's a surf shop. It's just such a cool kind of a thing where, yeah, generation yeah. after generation, especially here at Hobie, I mean, God, we can go like five, six generations deep. Yeah. Yeah. That's generations That's always. Awesome. Yeah. For sure. It's cool to see like that. It's cool to hear that kind of story where, you know, it's a pass me down kind of thing, you know? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, us, you know, not to bring up Huntington Surf and Sport, like, you know, Aaron no, Pye. No, we love them, yeah. Aaron Pye started it, and now, his you know, his son's t- taken over. Yeah, his boys and his daughter worked there, and, you know, it was, it's a trip because they used to be like, you know, babies when we were there. You yeah. Know? And, and now they're like, Taking over. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, even for awesome. us, you know, Jake's our general manager. His son Austin is in there. He's our graphic designer. Mark yeah. Christie's one of our owners. His son Jackson is one of the assistant managers of the Laguna store. I mean, Krista, our manager of the Dana Point store, hit her daughter Kara. Now her daughter Chaney works there. Yeah, yeah. Her son Curran worked there. I mean, you can go through person after person after person. Our so buyer, awesome. Marissa yeah. Berry, like her She's... brother Bucky works there. Her brother Jax yeah. works here at Hobie. Yeah. I mean, there's not one family that you can't go through where it's like you, there's someone related to you. That's so here. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you are and you don't have any relatives, it's like, how'd you get in? Yeah. How'd you get here? <laughs> and and that's, probably, that's probably yeah. the number one question we get as yeah. reps is, how did you get your job? Like, how did you become a rep? And yeah. I'm like, well, you know, it's working on the shop floor for many years yeah. and getting to know yeah. You know the business and being the rest. Super cool. Being super cool. Super cool. Really yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Super cool and really handsome yeah. guy. If you're Lyndon, yeah. he's super cool. Me and Chris think cool. you guys are the coolest guys who have ever interviewed us. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We're the only guys that interview yeah. us. Yeah, no. but I mean, you're setting the bar like super high, so you know. Uh, for those that can't see, we're standing up. Yeah. Raising our hands. Right. Um, so Chris, your story is when did you start surfing? I started surfing. Uh, kind of later too. I grew up in the East Bay in San Francisco, um, hmm. long way from the beach. But I moved down here when I was fourteen, so I started surfing at sixteen. Okay. And now I'm thirty-two, so I've been surfing since then. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, it's good times. Nice. Yeah. Were We're, your friends doing it? Parents or like brothers? I didn't anybody? really have a whole. My dad was a big surfer because he grew up in Newport Beach. Yeah. So he was always during like the '60s, '70s, and partially the '80s. So he. he got back right back in the surfing when we moved back down here and that's what got me into surfing but um in terms of not a whole lot of people i knew at school because i went to school um unfortunately a little bit inland not at like san Clemente hired dana hills until like my final year but um no one really heard i know right <laughs> yeah and, and, i did a lot of inland <laughs> Was that the 909 that you were talking about? <laughs> uh, it's another like really prestigious was school that so, asked me not to come back yeah. around Sorry, junior or senior Riverside? year. <laughs> Mostly because I was surfing and then not going to school. So, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'd probably make it to school if I went to a school closer to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I 
So I didn't have a lot of friends to surf there. I, I met people that surfed when I went to Sacramento High for my senior year and started hanging out with those guys. So that was with people like Christian Walk or Cameron Brown, like just people you we always hear yeah. in San Diego free hanging mm-hmm. out. Yeah. yeah. And Cameron works at the Dana Point store, yeah? Uh, Cameron is, is a different. Okay. That's another guy. Okay. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. just a random. People, yeah. just people, people. <laughs> so, uh, you've been at Hobie for twelve years. You said I've been here for going on seven years. Seven. Um, so I can I can go on my other stuff like icons of surf, but that's where I started in the surf industry was yeah. when I was twenty. Uh, icons of surf, um, selling boards there. I've always been enthralled with, um, and I think a lot of other people who they see in films and stuff like that, like Alex Nost or. You know, Tyler Warren, stuff like that. We've always been kind of enthralled with the surfers of the 60s. Yeah. Like Dewey Weber and, and David Nueva. Yeah. So from an early age, just really want to get in the, or when I started, is classic longboarding. Yeah. So I started to associate myself with any shop that sold those kind of boards, like Thalia Surf, um, Icons, which back in mid-2004, 2005, was kind of like the only, and Hobie were the only shops that really carried a lot of single fin or yeah. mm-hmm. alternative boards. Yeah. Now it's kind of blown up. There's a lot of other shapers. Yeah. But well, I think it kind of was not cool or is kind of more mm-hmm. shadowed by the industry mm-hmm. until like some of these personalities came, kind of came out and kind of got back to, to the grassroots of shaping my own boards and being, mm-hmm. you know, alternative shapes and, and just enjoying the lifestyle again instead of like, well, I surf and... I'm either going to be a pro or a contest surfer, but now it seems more, yeah, you know, widely accepted. You, you, to you be... sparked a, a little thing that I always trip out on, like, you know, coming from a retail surf shop, right? Back in the day, when when you worked the floor, you would mm-hmm. see certain people, right? Like, yeah. different <laughs> demographics mm-hmm. of people, and a certain, you know, back in the day, there was a surfer, a skateboarder and a jock, right? Like, Mm -hmm. those are the three different kind of people that walked into a surf shop, right? Oh, he's a jock, he's a surfer, he's a skateboarder. Yeah. And then, over the years, there's subcultures within each subculture, right? Like, the type of, like, surfer can be defined in so many different ways now. Mm -hmm. You know, you got a jock surfer, right? Or you got the, you know, steezy hipster yeah. kind of surfer, longboard surfer, right. and you got like the the granola hippie Rob Machado style surfer, you know what I mean? Like totally. there's a lot yeah. of subcultures. It's and, a trip how yeah. it's like morphed into so many and women and girls. Holy yeah. crap, how 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 much yeah, more um Female surfers and participants there are. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's even so when crazy. I, you know, yeah. even yeah. learning, I you know, because I learned 15 years ago now. Yeah. Even then, I was the only girl, and yeah, yeah. I, I learned it maybe a different spot to learn at, but I was the only girl out there, and eventually I just wore the guys down yeah. where they finally just started to help yeah, me. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, this chick's just gonna keep me in the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're yeah. super nice, and I got a lot of it. But yeah, there was really almost no girls down where I went. And There's now, so many girls God, down, and it's they great. Run. Yeah. It's great, yeah. and I mean that's it's really frustrating. That's a quick turn <laughs> it's really frustrating. Well, I, I go down. Yeah. I take my son to go surf before school, and we go down to the Huntington Pier, and you got the high school surf team mm-hmm. there. I think there's 120, 130 participants in the surf class. You yeah. Know? And then you got the the elite, the surf team. But out of those like 120, 30, there's almost 40 girls in the class yeah yeah and you know there's some on short boards that obviously are doing the nssa and ripping and then there's the other half that are just there doing it for fun they're on long boards or whatever and i mean it's it's amazing because when i grew up and went to you know huntington it was was like two girls there was there was two girls and those two girls were the ones that were like the best they were doing all the nssas and they were on course to be a pro because that was it, yeah. right. you know? Yeah. 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 Now it's like, yeah, I think it's just good. more yeah. of a, you Well, know, I think that the lifestyle. generation of guys out in the water have gotten more used to it now. Yeah. I think they're mm-hmm. way more used to it now and way more used to seeing girls and, you know, and I think maybe that competitive nature isn't out there in the water as much as it maybe used to be, maybe, you know, back when you guys were starting and you guys were young surfers back 200 years ago. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, it's, it's true. But I think if you, when I'm out, you know, or when I surf, 
you know, some of the breaks where there's more of a mix along borders and shore borders, you yeah. just don't feel that edgy vibe out in the water yeah. at all. You know, yeah. all the guys oh, dude, seem Huntington, to be more mellow. Huntington used to be pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple dudes right. out there you're just like, okay, yeah. just paddle out yeah. the battle over here. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like the vibe, just to me, and again, I don't have yeah. the experience you guys have, but just from my perspective, it just feels like it's so much more relaxed yeah. and more mellow and that whole my wave. Yeah, localism you know, is not dead. But it's definitely yeah. smaller. Yeah. Yeah. And only in certain mm-hmm. places. But I think don't you know, go to uh, Crystal Cove. That's yeah. where. Always when they go there. Oh my god. <laughs> but I always see that wave breaking there. Yeah, I see that wave breaking too. <laughs> that is the worst localism I've, and and they're not even locals. Yeah, they just yeah. no one lives. No yeah. one lives on yeah. Yeah. Crystal Cove. I'm like, let's if that's your house. But hang literally, over that cliff. Co- Cove's yeah. the only of local all, here. Yeah. <laughs> of all my years of surfing. That's the most I've ever been harassed and, and like, disrespected. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I heard it's pretty yeah. bad. Multiple it was times. But when I tell him, I pretend I don't know him, I go down the beach anyways. <laughs> I went down the beach. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, let me tell you the story. No, come on. Let's no, see. tell it. I want to hear your story. <laughs> so, <laughs> windows. it's like summertime, right? Yeah. Um, it was um, me, my friend Scott, Vanderipe, and Maddie Moek, right? So, we, it's summertime, we have our families, and... You know, they plop down their stuff, and then we walk down the beach, and there's, like, that one break that people all surf that one spot. Yes. It wasn't that crowded. There's, like, maybe eight guys out, right? Yeah. Maddie runs ahead, and I'm, like, falling behind, and I'm walking with my board, and a guy, like, old dude, older dude, right? He, he looks up at me, and he's like, better be careful out there. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, I go really. I go okay, thanks. And I'm thinking maybe he thinks that it's a reef or something like that. Like yeah. I have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. So I surf way far away from them, right, from the crowd. And then I catch a wave, and it, it kind of went to the spot, and the dude drops in on me, right? This other guy, and older dude too, and he like doesn't say anything, and I'm just like, okay, cool, whatever. I'm not gonna get into it with them. Yeah. And then. Uh, I, I'm paddling away, you know, and he goes, he's like, go back to Huntington. Oh my god! Like, how do you know? I'm like, I'm like, you know what? How did you? I'm like, how? what? You, you must be that popular. Yeah, that I, I, know I knew. I knew. Honestly, beach. honestly, that's what the guy said, and I'm like, I'm like, what? He's like, uh. and he made some kind of comment like, this is just for for locals or something like that. And I'm like, local. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I, I, I get out of the water, and I basically have a crappy time, and I just pretty much leave, right? I'm, I'm walking back up the beach, and the dude that snakes me, he's on the on the um, sand, right? And I yeah. like, no walk, way. I walk by him, and he and he got startled, right? And he's like, because he thought I was gonna say something to him. Yeah. And uh, and he looks at me, I was like, hey man, no hard feelings. And I'm like, dude, you're a kook. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, here, I'm here with I'm my like, family. How old are you, man? Yeah. Yeah. I go, what? I go, what's your problem? You, you don't own this beach. And then I hear, so these teenagers paddled out, right? Yeah. Like they were 16, 17 years old, mm-hmm. and a girl and like two boys, right? And they're out there, and and the other dudes are yelling at them, jeez, to, to kick them out of the water. Oh God. Like get it, beat it, like. And I'm just like, I look at him, yeah. and I and I'm like. I'm like tripping. I'm like, who are these guys? Yeah. Like, how's this happening? Yeah, and, right. and his family, the 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 locals' family sitting on the beach. I'm like, I'm like, does your wives know that you guys are like kooks? Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're 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 yelling yeah. at like little teenagers. Yeah. Like, so wow, this is yeah. yelled at You know, and it's yeah, just a buzzkill. Like, I'm, I'm coming down with my family to come do like a killer little beach day, something different. Go to a yeah. different beach, no harm feelings, and then all of a sudden like you so get harassed. Don't yeah. go to Crystal Cove. Yeah. 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 Or, no, or this was all just a ploy to get yeah. us to not go to Crystal Cove. I'm right, not that smart. Tracy, yeah. I'm not that whoa. smart. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never go now. It's a hidden gym. You have to like. It's really hard to get to. Like, <laughs> you don't yeah. want to go. Yeah. But it is traumatizing to yell that in the water. Let I'm not even gonna say the name. I just remember the yeah. name of that spot. No, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome spot. Scotchman's Cove. Yeah, Scotch, Cove. yeah Scotch. Everybody go there. Scotchman. Everybody. Scotch. Get a mai tai. Scotch breaks fest on the south swell. Yeah. Watch out. Go to the beach coma. Yeah. yeah. Get the coconut make sure, make sure your, your kids aren't, aren't building sandcastles on yeah. the beach. You might, you know, freak yeah. out. Tell them you. late night with chalky set you. Yeah. 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 
But going back to like Dippers Surf Spots, like <laughs> sorry where, about that. Where, where's, no. where's like your all-time favorite like surf spot or um, wave you've surfed around the world or traveled to? That? My favorite all-time spot has to be Middles between Lowers and, and Church. Right. Yeah. Nice. That's where I learned how to surf, and every time I go there, especially on, I mean, we've been having a terrible winter with all the rain yeah. and stuff like that, but. Go on a normal winter and just get like the perfect little little corner corners either for logging or if it gets a little bigger and you ride a, a different smaller board. Yeah. But it's just it goes off during the winter and it's always kind of uncrowded. Yeah. And I learn how to surf there. So San Clemente has really good waves. Huntington does not. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while it gets good. But yeah. I mean we're all the lowers cr- mm-hmm. uh, cottons. Oh, the whole like, yeah. system yeah. of it, breaks is amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean there's all kinds of good spots. I've never been like a Sano guy, but Sano's amazing yeah. too. Like yeah. there's the Sano, not so much during the winter. You know it is good, but like it's nothing better than Sano on a summer day. Yeah, it's, like, a, it's churches even. Yeah, it's a last sliver of like you know dirt lot. Yeah, you can just yeah. host off the entire day. Barbecue, beach, red cup. Nobody yeah, bothers you. Kids beers. have you know yeah. like yeah mm-hmm. barbecue off the uh, tailgate. Like it's it's loose. Yeah, which yeah. is how it used to be because mm-hmm. most of the beaches are mm-hmm. kind of corporate and you know a little bit of you know yeah I don't know, inlander takeover where you know if you're at old man's yeah you pretty good, much know all the faces or you know that salty dog's been coming here for the last for years. sure yeah. <laughs> it's like the nuclear family yeah. it's just yeah. like every well, nuclear what do you mean <laughs> and every yeah. every way <laughs> every between the word like, you know, like the grandpa surfing with the dad and the grandkids yeah. and like they're all out there it's pretty cool yeah yeah um so i, I really want to stress the fact about you know Hobie is a business, but it really is more than just that. And, and, you know, for hopefully our many, many listeners out there in the future, you know, we want to remind them that, yeah, it's a business, but it's also an integral part of the community, the, the surf industry, the surf community, and they're just local communities that they provide livelihoods for. Mm-hmm. Like going back to, let's stress the point that you guys have a hundred and 10 plus employees uh you guys are are providing yeah. health insurance benefits mm-hmm. you know that that's something to really be proud of and and like what you know as mm-hmm. us being like so it's our livelihood that you yeah. do well but you know it's like it's it's your friends and family and brothers and sisters that work yeah. in the surf shops. And I think one of the things that Jake and Mark really do that, you know, you know, you hear about it all the time stories of like somebody had a great job and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, cut to 29 and a half hours. So there's no benefits. There's no this, there's no vacation time. There's no the other thing. Jake and Mark are the last people on earth to ever do that. If anything, they want you to be here 30 hours. They want you to be full time. They want to make sure you have health benefits if your kids are taken care of. You know, if you have a baby here, you have a full first year to bring your baby to work. I mean, you know, there's babies in the front office. There's babies, you can hear babies, like, right, that are in the office right now. And, you know, they really kind of stress that. And, you know, and it's so uncommon to come from, like, a surf shop where you just think, like, oh, this is just, like, some, you know, little weird place owned by one dude. But really, it's it really is, like you said, it supports a whole community of people. And generation after generation, it does. And I love that aspect of Jake and Mark where it's like they make sure they're never going to be those guys in a million years who are like, oh, sorry, make sure you keep them to 29 and a half. Don't let them have health insurance. Don't take any more money out of my pocket. Or, you know, they're they're the uh, opposite of those guys. And that's what we want to really talk about and, and remind people, like, during the holidays, during back to school, yeah, whatever, like support your local sh- surf shop, you know, yeah, support your local Hobie, support your local, because you know not only are they providing for you, but uh, you know your families, but you know think about, I'm sure you guys work with schools, I'm sure yeah. you guys work with benefits, like we do, you know, I mean, let's talk, can... let's yeah. talk about that, you know, like. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think being like, you know, the more you shop at a place like a Hobie or an HSS or any of those kind of like local community shops, that's going to be your kid's first job. Yeah. You know, you think yeah. Steve, Steve Passos isn't going to hire your kid out of high school? No. Your no. kid's a chucklehead. Yeah. Like, they yeah. need to go to work at somewhere, work on the retail floor, <laughs> learn how to talk, yeah. learn how to yeah. deal with people. Learn like how that. to talk. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a right. great gateway yeah. for, for any youth or Sorry. kid to you know get those social skills you yeah. know and yeah, be able to communicate. Out of their shells. 
communicate yes. with customers. It For, forces you to like open up and yeah. like be social. Yeah. But yeah. also on the hard goods side, like ha- having the employees that eat, breathe, and surf, eat, surf like all day. And they could come in there, ask technical questions. For sure. Hey, yeah. I've written this yeah, board. You know, this is how this this works. Oh, this board over here is going to do this and, and be that full educator for the, for the consumer who's got a million choices. And what do I do? And I heard this works, you know, so having those employees that are, you know, ones, you know, surf fans, they're working there because they love it. They're working there maybe because they get deals. Maybe they're working there because their friends work there or the parents, you know, like it's just a yeah. really killer atmosphere. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we have a lot of like, you know, working moms and working dads that work for us. So it's like kind of like a cool little part-time job that they have. And, you know, like they kind of help other parents come in and pick out the clothes for their kids and pick out boards for their kids. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just there's something about surf shops that really, it's like you said, it just becomes this integral part of the beach community. And, you know, at Hobie, I think we've prided ourselves on that really since 1950, since Hobie opened those first doors and, Mm -hmm. you know, made it a point to talk to every customer that came through. You know, and for us, our customers range everywhere from, you know, moms to dads to your baby's first onesie, your first water hawk, your first boogie board. You graduate to a surfboard, awesome. hand planes, right. everything. Yeah. The gifts you buy for your teacher. Like, just you think of all the stuff that goes on in the store. It's just this full yeah. breath of, like, just beach lifestyle. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. 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 People keep coming back for more, too, which... Definitely extremely valuable. Thank God, because no yeah. one else is going to hire Chris and I. <laughs> <laughs> really. Yeah. We're not, we are not really. We're the worst. <laughs> kind of are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Is there any events coming up or any projects? Well, Dana Point, you mentioned it earlier. It, it, there's a shaping bay, right? Yeah. People, yeah. Yeah, our, our head shaper, Gary Larson, operates out of that bay, and you can see him there five days a week. That's cool. Yeah. So, so, uh, everything that we do, um, is hand-shaped uh, for the most part besides like our, our tandems or the SVPs that you see in the market we, we've tried uh, really strongly over since the summer to go back to like our roots and, and making a traditional product that would for example we um, we make the endless summer model that Mike wrote in the movie mm. so we've gone back to using the classic style foam with the correct stringers we actually find a, found a guy at the Ventura that glass boards who uses isothalic resin like they used in the early 60s. Nice. And it's a gloss panel. So we're trying to get everything back to want to hand shape everything to the core, make equipment that's more like what Hobie would have made in the 60s. Uh, I think for other people, you know, making short boards or making two bus on long boards is like their thing. Like everybody associates with, with the classic style longboarding. So. Are, are people buying those that are more of like, you know, collectors or are they looking for strictly for surfing purposes for the endless summer like definitely for collectors Collector. and we put so much Walmart. time and effort into it it's like a three thousand dollar board yeah that's what um, and it's limited series too we only make about a handful of them a year yeah um but other than that people usually come in to get like our, our nose rider which is called the uncle buck which yeah. is just like a mid-60s throwback to nueva nose rider and that's what people buy on a regular basis wow. that kind of style but every, every board though that's made at Hobie Surfboards is made glass built to be ridden every yeah. single solitary one so if somebody yeah. chooses to hang it on the wall that's up to them but yeah. every yeah. board is meant to be ridden they're not you know we don't make anything you can turn it into right. a restaurant menu if you want to yeah mm-hmm. but you can also scrape the letters back mm-hmm. off that restaurant menu and go ride it later on yeah. mm-hmm. there's never going to be anything built that comes yeah. out of Gary's shaping functional. room yeah. they're yeah. all functional mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Now, do you guys distribute Hobie surfboards to we do. different stores and stuff? Um, yeah, right now we're, we're mostly focused on, I think a lot of other manufacturers are more of that DTC style of, of sales. Like mm-hmm. we're going way more to the consumer. Unfortunately, I don't know if it's, it's happened since 2008, but it's it's hard to find really good accounts. Yeah. And, and surfboards are an expensive thing. Yeah. Uh, and there's not a whole lot of margin in them. Uh, unfortunately, I wish there was more margin. People yeah. should pay their shapers yes. much more. Yeah, and hot coders um, and glassers and everybody else. In them for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. I mean, when you look at a board, I mean, for the most part, a shaper gets paid a hundred dollars to make that board that yeah. you've bought. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, for an inch it says for like seven eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, we do distribute to some dealers in the U.S., but mostly we are focused on. Um, Cat Europe, which is a lot of our European distribution, and Japan is our yeah, like one of our good friends and been loyal to us for a long time. So we we have Japanese love surfing. Yeah. yeah, they should. It's so super fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your guys's like percentage of like 
our goods to like i mean i mean as, as far as like how many surfboards would you sell in like a, a month you know on, on average like um Lots. Well, we, lots. We, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. Just lots. It's important. Like, bit, it's important part of our business. Like, it is important part. Oh, of it's a business. huge. Yeah, without, sure. without hitting yeah. numbers, like yeah. it's you yeah. wouldn't have a surf mm -hmm. shop without a surfboard. Yeah, for sure. You know, if yeah. we were, if if you took it just from a business perspective, you would never dedicate the square footage that's taken over by Gary's shaping room if you didn't believe in that product and you yeah. didn't you didn't mm -hmm. believe that that was extremely important because when you look yeah. at the dollar per square foot in there. You well, know, not many people get, get into kind of like not to get into like get the financial aspect. Eyes but, on, like yeah. what yeah. it's like so and what important. they do go through to to make a surfboard. It's actually well, really and you cool. watch how yeah. long it it takes him and everything that he knows how to do you know? and how slowly things have to be done in certain ports parts. How quickly things have to be done, like how many passes have to go. Everything you know, it's something yeah. that he had to master that craft over decades. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah it's mm -hmm. extremely important to Jake and to Mark. It's really important to Chris Carlo to carry on that tradition and to kind of show that and showcase for that. For sure. Yeah, and our customers love that for the most part. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're stoked off of that, too. We though. even had to put a little barrier of plants in front of Gary's yeah, window because people, people were getting too close. They were getting too close. Mitts on the windows. Yeah, we're like, all right, you need, like, a little barrier. We need, like, a little velvet rope. Like. Uh, awesome. Um, yeah. I stumbled upon the uh, John Wayne Airport uh yeah, you like that? Yeah. dude. Oh yeah, the takeover. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like tell us about that. How did that come about? Um, so that was a project that we worked on with Hobie Cat Company um, in Oceanside. They were offered it. Um, they do basically the air airport, or does the John Wayne does these six months installs with whatever is going on in Orange County? It's all got to be based around something going on in OC. So, like, the last one before was just about culinary and OC, and they had all these different restaurants and stuff participate. But I don't Boring. Think, yeah, it was pretty well, boring. Well, they, they had one that around. Food, yeah. so, well, I yeah. think they had like one that really, like, kicked it off, and they did the Angels, and they had this intent, I mean, unreal. Even if you weren't a baseball fan, I mean, you got so interested in it, and I think that's yeah. why they kind of did the culinary History. one, and it wasn't mm -hmm. as exciting, and that's why they brought about the next one being Hobie's, because... You know, Hobie's just an interesting story, whether you like surfing or not, just like whether you like the well, angels yeah. or not. You, there's so much to tell and there's so much to look at. Yeah, I mean, when you think of Hobie, you think about surfing, you think about Endless Summer, you yeah. think about the yeah. culture, you know. Hobie mm -hmm. is definitely a... Household name along the coast. If you've yeah, grown up sure. anywhere in the Beach Cities communities, you've driven by it, you know, mm -hmm. a thousand times or, yeah. or more, depending right. on where you're at. But, yeah, it's one of those labels, names... In historic, like you know, kind of, yeah. you know, surf shop that you know people know whether you're you're a, a surfer or just Southern California resident or yeah. now worldwide. And yeah. it is that kind of thing. I think Hobie really does lend itself really, really well to someone getting off a plane from Wisconsin or somebody who gets off a plane mm -hmm. from Kansas and they kind of walk through and they don't know anything about surfing. They see those photos and they see that whole rich history and it kind of draws them in and they do want to be part of it and they yeah. do want to when they go to the beach they want to kind of maybe yeah. you know come and check out a store totally. or see what a surfboard really is or just any of that become involved in it. Yeah, that right. was That's I was cool. blown away when I when I uh, had an early flight like six o'clock or whatever and you know I think I was on the phone with my wife and I and I turned around like what the heck I got to call you back. <laughs> yeah, like, and then what just am I started seeing? tripping out on on the whole historical, awesome. you know. I'm glad you liked it. Oh, dude, <laughs> so so yeah. amazing. Yeah, you know? it's unreal. Like you think yeah. about it, you're like, oh wait, it filled a whole three terminals of an airport. Yeah. You're like, no pressure, no pressure yeah. to carry yeah. on that yeah. heritage. Like, wow. But it's it's some archives, huh? Just, yeah, just yeah. unbelievable. But it's it's really well, you know, curated <laughs> and documented. You know mm -hmm. all the all the milestones and accolades that he's achieved through his That's through right. his lifetime. It's like yeah. wow. Yeah. I think it, it shows you kind of too how much people really love him still yeah. that are involved in the business. You know, Hobie passed away like a few years ago, and you know you can feel that that legacy is still really present in anybody who works for any part of the company, whether yeah. you work for Hobie Cat, whether you work for Hobie Surf Shops, whether you work for you know Hobie Europe, or you know you're part of like the sailing part of it, or you're you know in one of like the leagues or you kayak fish there's something about him and just something about who he was as a person that just it makes you want to stay being part of that it That's makes cool. you want to stay being part of that family and it really makes you want to add your own footnote into that kind of history and kind of be part of carrying on that legacy and i think you can see that when you went through the airport you're like people really cared about getting that done like yeah. they re and they really really cared about it being good 
So that's yeah. up for till when? Six yeah. months. I so. think it's yeah, towards the latter half of it now. I think okay. it just went on November, right? Or October went on? Yeah, it was right yeah. before the holiday. Yeah, mm-hmm. so nice. it's pretty cool. So if anybody wants to see some some cool yeah. archives, buy a plane ticket. Yeah. Buy a plane so ticket. Yeah. 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 Get check, check in ninety minutes early at least, so you got yeah. time to yeah. tour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Javier's is in there. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, oh heck really? yeah! It's called Hobbies. Let's get sidetracked. Yeah. When did that yeah. open? <laughs> a while ago. We're fans. Wow. Tight. Yeah. That's incredible. You guys are fans of that. Oh, who isn't? Yeah. Yeah. Dude. The best. Dude. It's the best. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's but, the best uh, chips and salsa but, but right. just, in just, just like California. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But just like you guys have, you go through your growing pains and this and that and moving locations. I mean, mm-hmm. hobbies, we've been going there from the OG, like, oh, I'm sure they have too. Yeah. yeah. But now it's like, you know, they've, they moved to Newport Coast and the Spectrum and stuff. Yeah. And it, you know, right. it's, yeah. it's not as, as accessible. Cabo. Yeah. There's one in Cabo. Cabo. Yeah, like nice. Airport. Yeah. 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 But, <laughs> no but everywhere you go, every location you I've gone to, the food is just the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Which is High great. quality. Yeah. yeah. Consistency. Yeah. I love a sidetrack. Let's get sidetracked. Yeah. Yeah. Sidetrack. Good. Yeah. Oh, don't get us It could be like your I next know, sponsor right? is Javier's Mexican food. You hear that? You, know, you, you hear that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> chalky, free margaritas. <laughs> Imagine us. Oh, that's awesome. Is there any uh, future events or... Oh, yeah. We were talking about that. <laughs> I should talk about that. Sidetrack. Yeah, sidetrack. Uh, you know, probably one of our biggest partnerships is Patagonia right now. We do an event with them at least once a year. They're a really big partner with us. We've been with them for 20 years now. Um, Jake has a real passion for Patagonia and just what they stand for as a brand. Yeah. Um, so this year we're going to do something with Jerry Lopez and Dale Hope. Um, we're going to have like a little kind of, you know, book signing with Dale Hope and a talk story with Jerry Lopez. We're going to do that at two locations. Uh, we have movie night coming up with Quicksilver. We have another thing, some kind of a afternoon barbecue fun with uh, Salty Crew. We have an amazing beach cleanup that we have planned with Outer Known that we're going to tie into our Laguna community. And then we have coming up at the end of June, we have a really, really big vintage surfboard swap that we put on with the city of Dana Point where we take over all of La Plaza Park. And it's just a huge festival dedicated to Hobie and vintage surfboards and all kinds of stuff. And this buy, year, sell, trade type of deal. People trade, should just yep, come to show absolutely. up and hang out. One hundred percent. And That's then cool. our big icon, our guy for this year is going to be Phil Edwards. So it's going to be mm, best wow. in show Hobie Phil Edwards board, or then best in show surfboard. And uh, so that's going to come up June 9th. But our biggest thing, anytime that we've ever done an event or anything that we've ever partnered with. They're always free of charge. Our biggest passion is they're free of charge. They're all ages. Everyone's welcome. And there's always free food because I really like free food. And we're also a family. And when you do kind of like a family thing, there's usually always some kind of like food and some snacks involved. And we love nothing more than having a movie night, having a big taco truck. And we're just showing a film out in the parking lot in Dana Point. And they'll be like, moms with their kids with dads and they have tacos and then there'll be like couples who are out on dates they'll be like old surfers from like the 1960s who show up and people who will come right from surfing at Doheny and drive their cars up and you know it's really really important to us that everything that we do ties back into our community because we are grateful it is people's multi-generational support that's kept us in business for all this time you know there's not many businesses that have been around for 65 years and it really is people's loyalty to us that's kept us here. And so all of our events and all of our community involvement with schools like Marco Forrester Surf Team and uh, Liso Nagel yeah. is, you know, we want to say thank you. Like, it's it's our way to say thank you to people. Yeah. You hear that, people? Like, thank yeah. you. Shop at Hobie. Yeah. Come have free tacos. <laughs> yeah. They got free food yeah. and free awesome everything. Yeah, we always and, have free food. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Hobie St. Clemente, Hobie Dana Point. Yeah. Hobie Laguna Beach. Yep. Hobie Surf Mar. Boutique in San Clemente. And then Hobie Corona Del Mar. Hobie.com. Hobie.com. Yeah. Hobiesurfshop.com. Yeah, there it is. you go. Hobiesurfshop.com. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram, yeah. at Hobie Surf Shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At Hobie, Hobie Surfboards. Surfboards. Yeah. Some surfboards. Yeah. Yeah, cool. for sure. We do have boardroom coming up in uh, May. beginning of May. Yeah. For you awesome. to come down for that, too. Yeah. We'll be there hanging out. Get Come by, get a That's beer. It's a cool show, huh? Yeah. The boardroom's awesome show. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Hey, come on down. We might have yeah. to just, you know. Come infiltrate and do yes, late night with chalky. You should, yeah, you should do yeah. chalky live from yeah. the boardroom show from the late night booth. with chalky. Late, late night, late night, late night. Yeah, but we're but we're you know taping at midday. 
Yeah. But it's late night. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Late night. It's late. Well, shoot, we're at an hour and three minutes. So that, was, that was brief. Yeah, that was quick. That's what I mean. That we're going to have to come brief. back. And, come and, back. and we, there's plenty of more to know. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. We'll talk more stuff. Yeah, yeah. We can yeah. Board tech, you know, yeah, next time. Yeah. Yeah, we're always mm-hmm. more than willing. Well, Tracy, Chris, thanks for having us today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank it's you. Really Thank fun. You. Really, really uh, great to hear. Informative. That. A lot of stuff I didn't know. Yeah. We a lot of stuff that, I didn't know. I should yeah. listen to Chris Carlo talk more. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. you know so much. Yeah. Um, do you want more? You want to find out more? Go to your local Hobie shop. Yeah. Notice Chris right. Carlo didn't say I knew a lot of stuff. I just Tracy knows a lot of stuff. I just want to point out that I really just complimented him and said how great he is. Tracy is great. And it, and it just really, on the yeah. fishing. Really, well, really dangled out there. Real awkward. Right? No, That's why this worked out so well. Lineage of brains. I'm just here and I'm good looking. I'm just yeah. a psychic. Hey, we're yeah. going to start our own <laughs> podcast. You two are out. <laughs> That's it. Well, thanks it. you two for uh, spending time with us today and, and joining you. us on the Stoked. Late Night with Chalky show. We'll do it again soon. Cool. Thank All you. Right. Adios. Out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams, for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.